0: listening to I can't wait to tell you with Casey Edward featuring Laura Rubin episode 64 Welcome to I can't
1: wait to tell you a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories and experiences
0: on spirituality, food, health, mindset and on life in general. My goal is to tell you everything I wish I had known when I decided to take control of my reality and start living
1: the life of my dreams. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you.
0: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey, And on today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Laura Rubin, who is the founder of The Journal I Use, which is an all-swell journal. And this was the definition of intuitively being flowed to someone and to something. Because one day I was on Instagram and I don't even know how I found the Allswell Instagram, but I started looking at their journals and I was like, wow, I love these. And immediately I was like, wait, I, I wonder who... The founder of these is? How did this come to be? And can this person be on my podcast? And so it just flowed so naturally. And Laura is such a gem because we had to record once and the audio was really faulty. I don't know what happened, but she was just so kind and willing to come back on. And I'm so glad because we talk all about journaling, which is something that has truly changed my life. And I really didn't know the profound impact it would have on me Until recently, honestly, sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed or like I have so much going on in my mind, there's nothing better than putting the pen to paper, getting it out on the page, looking at it, saying, is this true? How can I change this? Right. And Laura is just so insightful and knowledgeable about everything journaling. So this is just such a great episode for you, whether or not you do journal already. And yeah, without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, everyone. So today I am so excited because I am here with
1: Laura Rubin, the founder and creator of Allswald Journals. And I came across Allswell journals on Instagram and I loved them because they have both blank pages for drawing as well as line pages for notes, which yeah. now that I have a few of my own, I have found to be so helpful because then you're not limited to you know <laughs> trying to draw what you want to draw inside the little lines. And Allswell also hosts workshops to help people get their pro- creative processes in action, which coincides with the idea behind Allswell to help people wake up to the fact that their life is a creative act. So Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my genuine pleasure. Thank you, Casey. Yay, so getting right into things, not only did you create All Swell, but you also founded and are the creative director for a communications agency, Left Left Right Consulting. Can That's you correct. tell us a little bit about yourself? Have you always been
2: in this creative entrepreneurial space, or how did you get no. here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am an accidental <laughs> entrepreneur. I, nobody in my immediate family is an entrepreneur. I came, I, I did not come from that perspective at all. And I really consider myself, you know, a bit of a corporate refugee. That was where I started my career. Um, and it was really evident to me that this was not the world that was going to suit my gifts best, and also that there had to be something else out there. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it looked like. I just knew what I didn't want to do anymore. And you know, commuting an hour in each direction underground to Midtown Manhattan, working in a high-rise, you know, hermetically sealed building. <laughs> um, you know, and, and management consulting and entertainment, and and having those experiences. I just said, oh, God, there's got to be something else. And, um, you know, through some some leaps and some trial and error and a lot of grace and good fortune, um, I've been lucky to be – it's been 18 years um, that I've been self-employed. And um, I I think I'm basically unemployable at this point. (laughs) I can't imagine working with somebody else. But um, I really – I feel so tremendously – Lucky that um, I had that presence of mind to say no. This this isn't going to work for me. There has to be something else. And then I went off and sought it out. So um, ultimately, the life that I have is so different than my upbringing, the perspectives that I was provided with um, as a young person, and what success looked like, and what, um, you know, I ha- like the various different ways to earn a living and, um, I've created something that is utterly different than that. And I feel, um, I feel like that's really informed this perspective that your life is a creative act. You can make it look like whatever you want to within reason, right? Like I'm never going to play for the WNBA. I'm <laughs> five, four, right. But, um, but you know, within reason, you have a lot more autonomy and creative power than you may realize. Yeah. And I love that. And
1: for a lot of people listening, I think they're going through the same thing where they're kind of, you know, doing the nine to five or doing the job they thought they were supposed to do growing up. So when you started to realize there was something more and maybe something was calling you, how did you even go about narrowing down what that could have been? You're going from this job that you knew in the corporate world so well to kind of the unknown. What was taking that first step like?
2: scary <laughs> and an act of desperation, right? Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I just knew that it couldn't be that anymore and figured I would take six months off and get my head out of a vice and, um, you know, just kind of detox from that experience, do a bunch of yoga. And um, within a couple of weeks, people heard I was at loose ends and started calling and asked me to do some consulting work. And so I never said I am going to set out to start a consulting company. Really, did evolve over time. And you know, about a year later, I looked around and said, like, oh wow, you know, I didn't have to dip into that 401k. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this. Well, I'm just going to keep doing this work until the until it dries up, and then I'll go get another job. And it never did. And you know, it's changed and morphed, and I pivoted multiple times over my entrepreneurial career. But that's been the beauty of it—the flexibility and also riding the waves of recognizing what the market needs, what the market wants. Right? I mean, it was much more traditional PR and marketing when I started out. You know, we made physical press kits in folder, <laughs> right? <laughs> sounds awesome. yes. so just uh, anticipated. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, sort of charmingly so, but mm. um, it was a it was a different time, and and it's been such a wonderful. Uh, transformation in the marketing communication space, but ultimately, I even decided to, for the most part, walk away from that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that because I have found in my own journey, I've talked about on the show all the time that the more I can kind of slow down and allow, the more things come to me. You know, I wasn't trying to figure things out and then all of these things would just flow. So you said, you know, I took six months off to do yoga and this, these people started calling this, this passion that I didn't even know would come from the slowing down just happened. And that's the beauty in allowing ourselves to just step out of what we think we need to be doing and just doing what we want to do, right? (laughs) which is so fun. That you have to even say, I kind of just want to do what I want to do because people are like, "What?"
2: <laughs> you well, you do- got to pay the bills, right? Yes. You got to pay the mortgage, you got to pay rent. Yeah, I, 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 and you know, I had a fairly decent amount of autonomy. I was single and mm-hmm. um, had a roommate in New York City, and I, and and I recognize that I was privileged in many ways to be able to make those choices. There were lots of sacrifices along the way. You know, I had friends like taking great vacations early on where I was like, yeah, it's not within my budget. And, and other things that they're like, you know, small lifestyle sacrifices or bigger ones that, um, that I made, but I prioritize my day to day quality of life over some of the bigger gestures that people who might not be enjoying their day to day experience professionally, um, and personally, would be able to do, but I decided what I do nine to 10 hours a day is more important than going to Corsica once a year, you know? Yeah. And ultimately what's been really cool is that my work has now brought me to places like Tahiti and Vancouver Island and, you know, lots of other beautiful, extraordinary (laughs) Hawaii, lots Mm -hmm. of other beautiful, extraordinary locations and places.
0: Yeah. And thank you for touching upon that
1: because I think that I'm kind of going through that process right now. And I really, the way I'm liking to think about it is I'm kind of minimalizing just to see, you know, what I need. And then from there, like everything that I want can flow. But there is something to be said about, you know, you'll have, the job and you have your path of least resistance to make that money while also still finding that line of allowing. So I can imagine that during this time, journaling was probably huge for you. So when did journaling start to become such an important part of your life?
2: It's really always been part of my life. I was given my first journal when I was um, eight years old and I've never not journaled since. It's always been, for me, a very natural part of self-care before there was even such a thing as (laughs) self-care, long before that term even existed. It was part of how I worked through things. It's part of how I orient myself in the world. It's part of how I dream. It's how I process. And so I've never not done it it's very natural for me. I'm a word person and, um, you know, escaping into books and writing. And that was one of my defaults. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I started all swell, the hope was that I was going to be able to elevate this, this activity so that it was a little more gender neutral and take it away from the, the stigma of it being sort of teenage girl, angst-driven dear diary, and move it towards a place that was a little more accessible and um, from like a design aesthetic also, something that people would say like, yeah, okay, that that's a great looking book. I'm going to be more likely to buy it and use it. And um, what's really interesting is that five years ago when I started All Swell, the the overall sort of vibe that I got from people was like, yeah, okay, that's cute and sort of random. <laughs> and now when I talk about it, people lean in, right? They're, mm-hmm. oh, that's really fascinating. You know, I've been meaning a journal or I want a journal or, yeah, I really feel like that's so important. And mm-hmm. I think it's because our digital sponges are so full. Mm-hmm. It is an unprecedented time and we are constantly being prodded with these incoming messages that are asking us to respond, 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 respond. There are all of these prompts, right?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. When do we have the time to check in with our internal voice? What do we have to say? What does that sound like? And actually have some place to ring out that sponge and reconnect Mm -hmm. through a really simple analog practice Inexpensive, accessible, no class pass or special outfit needed. <laughs> just really humble tools. You can use an Oswald notebook if you like. I'd love it if you did. More importantly, just find whatever tools speak to you and use them.
1: Yeah, that's so true because we have so much coming in at all times. Like we're just so externally externally stimulated. And yes. it's so funny because I used to find myself looking outside for everything. You know, you want to get a new piece of furniture, you go on Pinterest, you want a new dress, you go on someone's Instagram who has good fashion, but we have all of these things within us to make those decisions. And so that's something like you said that I have found with journaling. So I know this is probably a really general question, but for someone who is looking to start a journaling practice, what would you recommend?
2: To make something really accessible and easy, I tell people who who say, like, I don't know how to journal or I don't have the time or, or, you know, I'm not consistent and therefore they feel like they're not getting value out of it. I tell them four by four by four. Try to do it for four minutes a day. Try to do it four days a week and try to stick with it for four weeks straight and see how it goes four minutes is a really easy time commitment and the likelihood of you rolling through that four minute period and actually journaling for a little longer, highly likely. Mm -hmm. But even if you just do the four minutes, you're still creating that ritual for yourself and the consistency and that's really key because once you're starting to connect with that place within yourself it's like the faucet starts to turn on and you are more likely to be able to connect with that flow if you're making space for it on a regular basis now in terms of like exercises for people who are journaling a free write is a great way to go you know um julia cameron of the artist's way she talks about um you know, doing three pages a morning, and she calls it morning pages. And you know, Julia Cameron is the OG of journaling. I have much respect for her. I think what she does is brilliant. Um, I'm probably a little bit more focused on journaling in the digital age and how what we need is so specific because it's it's juxtaposed against all of this digital influx. And um, that's why I recommend a timed free write because three pages can seem like a lot in mm. four minutes. is just really accessible. And, um, I suggest doing, um, just put pen to paper, try not to even lift the pen up off the page, just write consistently for four minutes. There's no theme, there's no specific prompt, just, just see what comes out. And you might be surprised. Now, there are lots of other journaling exercises and prompts that I do provide people both within the workshops and um, across our social media, but this is the most sort of basic 101 tactic to take.
1: And we've talked before and you told me about the just kind of write for four minutes and see what comes out. And like you said, I was writing for so long and it was it, like my hand couldn't keep up with my thoughts. <laughs> there was so much that wanted to get out on the page and it was the best feeling. So For you over time, what has your practice looked like? Is it always the same? Do you kind of ebb and flow with it or has it evolved ever since you were younger? What does it look like now?
2: So I tend to journal twice a day. I journal in the morning and again at night. My journaling practice at night tends to be fairly list driven and I journal in bed. So it's the stuff that's banging around in my head that I want to get out on the page so that whether it's like, you know, processing my day, thinking about the day ahead, the things that I need to get done or accomplished. And then they're there on the page, the book closes, and I get more nourishing rest as a result. It's Like I don't have to hang on to all of those threads. They're there for me the next day. And in the morning, I tend to um, do one of a bunch of different, I got a lot of tools in my quiver, you know, Um, (laughs) but um, I tend to do more of a timed free write often what I do um, if I'm not feeling inspired and I need a point of inspiration I have a bunch of different books of poetry around Mm -hmm. Um, a particular like some of my favorites are um, Hafez who's um, a really amazing ecstatic Sufi poet Um, I love Mary Oliver her poetry tends to be more nature oriented I love Jim Harrison he's sort of like I think of it as more of like a swashbuckling, like almost like cowboy (laughs) poet. Um, And then uh, W.S. Merwin is another favorite. And um, I just flip open to a random page and read Mm. and then utilize that as my jumping off point. I may or may not like write something that is related to the poem, but just reading someone else's words sometimes helps me find some of my own. I love Um, that. That's such a good idea. Yeah. And all of these things just evolved for me naturally through being open to trying things. Mm. And, um, you know, another really wonderful thing uh, that my friend, Donna James, the um, incredible integrative nutritionist taught me, she calls it nine minutes of nourishment. So this is a great morning practice. It's three minutes of cat cow or stretching to get into your body. Three minutes of gratitude practice, which, you know, I call gratitude your superpower. Mm. Write down the things for which you are grateful for that day, that moment, that, um, that it, fo- it focuses your attention in a really beautiful way. And then three minutes of visioning. What do you want to bring into your day? What mm. do you want to bring into your year? Like, mm. what is it that you want to fulfill? And um, it is a really powerful and, and compact way of integrating body gratitude and visioning.
1: Yeah, I love that too because it's sustainable. Like you said, with the four minutes a day or this nine minute practice, like that is something that we can all fit into our day. And that sounds a little bit like mine. In the morning, I try to do at least three things I'm grateful for, and then I do a bunch of, right now, I'm just doing a lot of I am statements and kind of breathing through them. And it's interesting for me because. I was having this skin problem and my acupuncturist told me to journal about it. And I was like, journal about my skin? What, like, <laughs> what would that even have to do with? And I started to journal how I felt and what I was feeling when my face would start to get red or when I would feel my skin breaking out. And it helped clear up my skin. Journaling helped clear up my skin because it was like all of these things that were manifesting on my face were actually just emotions that I had yes. never allowed myself to get up. So yes. has there anything been every? ever been anything like that for you where you have journaled and it has just completely changed a physical manifestation for you, whether it be your body or something in your reality?
2: Well, it, I've always known that journaling felt good for me, but it wasn't mm-hmm. until I started also that I dug into what turned out to be the fairly significant body of scientific research around positive benefits of putting pen to paper. Mm. So it is mentally good for you. It is emotionally good for you. It is physiologically good for you. There've been so many studies. It helps curb asthma. It helps cure PTSD. It helps speed wound healing. It increases the quality of your T lymphocytes. That means it fundamentally boosts your immune system. So nothing about what you're saying surprises me. Of course, there's a mind body connection. We all recognize this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that if I, if I'm journaling on a consistent basis, my baseline level sense of wellness is higher. Mm-hmm. If I am not making time for this particular ritual, then I don't feel as connected to myself. And um, I'm a little out of step with, um, and I'm, I'm out of tune. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I have a lot of different, really wonderful self-care resources you know i live in venice california and like my morning rituals are like slightly hilarious they could be like you know an snl skit of like white girl in venice (laughs) but the one thing i will say is that um, i know that the one thing it's not the celery juice it's the journaling Mm -hmm. it's the one thing that if i don't do it for a while where i feel the biggest difference i feel Mm -hmm. i feel the deficit Mm -hmm. so that I just keep coming back to the practice. It's not, it's not hard. It's not time consuming. Just keep doing it. And since you brought it up, I think that you are a fabulous person
1: actually to ask about your morning routine, <laughs> whether it be you know the stereotypical morning routine or not. I would love to hear how you start your
2: day and ease into a creative day. Well, I work from home, which means that I don't have to deal with the Los Angeles commute. Mm -hmm. And I've designed my life that way, right? It's not, I could go to an office. I have have at various points had like shared studio space with other creatives. And I realized I didn't enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm out at meetings a lot with other people. And for me, I've designed a life that nurtures me. I like being home a lot and then i go out into the world and i love being out but then when i'm done i get to return to my little haven now i mentioned that specifically because a again it's those are the the kinds of things that i understood and learned through the course of journaling and paying attention to things that did and didn't feel good for me. And even though I have had like fabulous office spaces in New York City and Los Angeles, it was through the check-in with myself, recognizing, you know, I don't really like going there. Why is that? That's weird. I haven't been there in a week and I'm spending the money on this thing, you know? Instead of feeling guilty, did the check-in. What's that about? Journaled a little bit about it and I realized, no, that doesn't work for me. I like being out and about when I have reason to be and then using my home as more of my home base, holistically. So I digress. My morning routine, um, it, it varies. Um, sometimes um, I love journaling outside and I have a beautiful massive yucca tree outside and I have a little front porch on the front of my bungalow. So I try to journal either out back or in front. Um, in the morning I whip up a really beautiful matcha for myself with a whole bunch of different adaptogens and um, collagen powder and lots of other goodies for me. So it really starts me off um, on like a positive note. And um, you know, there's the dry brushing, there's the, there's the oil pulling, there's like all of that other stuff that goes into it. But really when it comes down to it, my, my things that I do most consistently, I make myself a beautiful matcha and I put pen to paper preferably outdoors simple
1: straightforward gets you gets you going and feeling good and i really like that you did digress to talking about how bringing that awareness to your life makes it so much easier to cut out things that might not be working because so often for me, at least in the past, if something wasn't working, I would kind of question it and be like, well, why isn't it working and try to force it and try to maneuver it. But then when you're aware that it's, I just don't like that,
2: <laughs> it's job. out of alignment for me. Yeah. This isn't, it this, this isn't, this isn't what suits me, my, my nature. Yeah. I, I, one, one of the things that I, again that journaling has provided for me is that those kinds of check-ins along the way where i may have achieved certain things that i thought i was supposed to enjoy you know like you get to a certain place in your career or relationship or geographic experience you know where you're living or how you're living or who you're living with and when you you get to these points and you're like i I should be enjoying this more. I'm actually not really having that great a time. And instead of like going, well, what's wrong with me? You know, it's good to take stock and certainly like not just rip your life to shreds, you know, just on a whim. I'm not suggesting that. But when it's not working for you, even though you may think that it looks successful from the outside and or this is what you thought you were supposed to want or, um, you know, you can have a dream. You can achieve a dream and say, you know what? I enjoyed that, g- that dream for a little bit and now it's time for a new dream. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You don't have to, to lock yourself into one Vision of what your life is supposed to be if it stops serving you or if it stops being in alignment as you develop as an individual That's okay Change it up. Yeah
1: And like you said earlier when you were saying that you first got into your entrepreneurial career and you pivoted a lot I think that I've I've realized that sometimes something that you might think is going to be a huge part of your life is actually just a small pivotal step so for example I got my yoga teacher certification. It was all aligned, it all flowed for me. But then I started teaching and that wasn't in alignment. And I was like, wait a second. So I'm like, what is wrong with me? I should love this, I just got certified. But I realized that was just to get me to a different point of who I was and then I pivoted from there so I think there's kind of a stigma around you know you only do something for quote-unquote only do something for a year but you want to stick with it for five years just because but being able to be flexible and pivoting like you said is so important and getting a little bit more into all Swell specifically why don't you tell everyone how
2: this idea came about so I was in Costa Rica on a surf trip with some friends and it was It was midday, too hot to be out in the sun, and we were on the front porch, and um, I was writing in my lined composition book, and my friend, who's a graphic artist, was sketching in his unlined sketch pad, and we were sitting next to each other, and I just went, you know, there should really be one lightweight notebook to do both of these things, and I just tucked it away. Mm And then about six months later, maybe a little longer, I was in Montauk and um, did a surf check one morning, and the waves were... Um, didn't, didn't bother to show up. They RSVP, would no thank you. So, um, but I had my beach bag with me, which always has, um, a journal in it. Went and grabbed myself a cup of tea, put my butt in the sand and busted out my journal and started writing. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This isn't so bad. Swell or no swell, all's well. And I went, okay, well then. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) not to Right. It was just one of these magical moments where, you know, like a plus B equals let's go do this. So, um, you know, I, I started looking around in the marketplace, couldn't find any half lined half online notebooks. And so, um, I made some and I showed them to some of my friends who have really amazing stores that, um, take, uh, take on emerging designers and said, what do you think? And they were like, Oh heck yeah. And so those sold out. So I did another printing and then those sold out. And I realized that I had something on my hands that people seem to be responding to in a positive way. Remember this entire time I am, I, you know, I am running a full tilt marketing consultancy Mm -hmm. and this was never intended to be my gig. This was never intended to be anything other than just my own my own passion project because I was a little burnt out at that point serving other people's creative needs and I I just needed something that was a little bit of my own where I could tinker, I didn't need client approval, I could test things out, see how it felt, and really to connect with my own voice after helping so many of my clients find theirs. So it has been a um, really an organic discovery process. The products led to the workshops when I was out in the marketplace and showing people the, the products. And they said, Oh, you know, these are, they said lovely things like these are really well designed or these are, you know, super cool, but I already have a stack of notebooks that I don't use Mm -hmm. or I'm, you know, I don't know how to journal or the worst of all for me was I'm bad at journaling. And I was like, that's like, there is no bad. There's just do. So given my experience in creating experiential marketing environments and real-time activations, I said, you know what? I bet I could create a really supportive environment that would be fun, put together a little bit of curriculum for people and help them dive into this practice. Mm -hmm. So that was where it came from. Really just looking um, to be of service and one thing led to another.
1: Recently, I had a really big paradigm shift where when I first started learning about manifestation, I kind of started to be like, okay, what do I want? And that just didn't feel right. And for so long, I was kind of forcing it. And then I switched it to ask, how can I serve? And from there, like the floodgates opened and so much more comes. And like you said, by default, it ends up being what you love. It ends up being your passion project. So what does a workshop look like for someone who might be interested in going to one?
2: You know, I just want to, I want to touch on what you just said, because I think it's really powerful that, um, it's, it's about what lights you up often for me at service. I know that's a shortcut in my life to joy. And, um, it is, it is that kind of a check-in of like, am I lit up? Does, do I feel alive? Do I feel like I am being of service here? Am I, you know, being my best self? Mm -hmm those are some of the questions that I cycle through through my journaling practice and that have been instructive for me. And I think that, you know, it's, it's really worth mentioning. Um, and then as far as the workshops themselves, I try to make them fun. I try to give them a clubhouse vibe, um, so that people are walking into something and they're like, Oh, Hey, this is like, this is a beautiful table. And gosh, so we're going to have like great wine and some snacks and that, We're, we're, we're giving them all of these positive associations where they know they're being well looked after. And that way they're more comfortable being spontaneously creative in a group setting, but also taking away some of that like school oriented stigma of writing for periods of time Mm -hmm. that might feel like a test for some people. Right. So what I'm trying to do is hack their brains a little bit. And instead of applying that sort of, SAT kind of environment, <laughs> I'm trying to have them jump the track and be instead of like, this is fun. So I am giving them visual cues, all different kinds of things where I hope when they leave, they will be given literally the tools to go do this, a whole bunch of different exercises and ideas that they can make their own rituals, etc. And also some of these positive associations that will help them, but it will trigger some of the reasons for them to sit down and do this. And I'm I'm getting great feedback. People are really enjoying it and they're coming back multiple times.
0: Yeah, so fun. Like, (laughs) I totally want to go, you know, drink wine and journal and let your creative juices flow. And when you're in
1: that space, I can only imagine the amazing energy of all of you co creating at this really high
2: vibration. Like, it must feel so great. It, I, I mean, it's my, it's pretty much my favorite thing to do, <laughs> you know, And people ask me like, are you nervous? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm, so, I can't wait. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been nervous for a single workshop, you know, <laughs> yep. just like, let's roll. I can't like, and the people that show up are, they're self-selecting, right? Folks mm-hmm. who prioritize the resources to do this kind of thing are going to be pretty amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I also do them in a business to business setting, which has been such an incredible journey for me because these are folks that may not have chosen to be there. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going into media companies and all sorts of different kinds of business to business (laughs) settings where, you know, someone has hired me to show up with my journal (laughs) and it's a really different kind of jam and being able to reach people where they are is Part of my job. And I I love a challenge.
0: Yeah.
1: And it must be interesting too, because I'm sure that sometimes the biggest breakthroughs might be for someone who didn't even know they needed the breakthrough, like for that corporate person, right?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you know, I was fortunate to do um, three workshops at the recent In Goop Health event in Los Angeles and I loved it, right? It was like these, the, the people were wonderful and fantastic but I did have this moment of going like, you know, I think this crew like has a lot of resources already and I really want to mix it up and make sure that I'm reaching groups of people that may have never otherwise found their way to journaling mm-hmm. and balancing that, that b- both sides of talking to people that are super receptive and open and up for it, as well as reaching groups of people, to your point, that probably need it more than anyone mm-hmm. and might not have otherwise found their way to it. There was a study that came out In 2018, it came out of UCLA, and it just like blew the doors of my head off, right? (laughs) So the mental, emotional, and physiological positive benefits of journaling are 50% greater for men.
0: Wow.
2: Think about that. 50%. Yes. So it makes perfect sense when you start to think about it, because culturally speaking, there are so few acceptable avenues for the men in our, in our culture right. to <laughs> express themselves. Yeah. And um, it's really important. Now, I'm happy to say that Allswell actually does attract a mix of men and women, and that's by design. But um, it really is a, a, a passion of mine to try to reach different groups of people that might not otherwise come into contact with this practice.
1: Yeah. And I love it, too, because... When you think about it, 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 and we alluded to this and said this, but it is just this simple act, this beautiful, simple act of sitting down and meditating in a way, getting to know oneself, right? One of the definitions of meditation is to get to know. And this is journaling. You know, sometimes you touch upon this. You often, like you were saying, you love to do things that light you up and that allow you to serve. And for me, just because my body has kind of tended to memorize anxiety from my past sure. for me journaling helps to say this is what I want to do here's why I feel anxious and when I get that out who then that avenue is clear for me and it's so powerful so I'm sure that you have you ever had that feeling where you just are a little nervous or a little fearful and you get it out on the page and then you just feel like you can take on the world
2: probably every day <laughs> You know, I, I, I would be, I'd be remiss if I said I feel that way every morning, but I feel that way a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I characterize it different, slightly differently. I don't feel like I'm ready to take on the world. I feel like I'm ready to engage with the world mm. and, and bring gifts to the world. And, um, and like, not for nothing, have some fun. Yes. I, I don't like, <laughs> yes. I think fun is so underrated. Mm. I think joy is really important. And we just do not prioritize it enough. And I literally make lists of things like, well, what makes like, what sounds like fun to me right now? And then I go do them. And it's not about being selfish. Often those things tend to, you know, like, my favorite holiday is national fried chicken day and because of the absurdity and specificity of it and i get my friends together in my backyard and we eat fried chicken and drink champagne right like okay but it makes me really outrageously happy Mm -hmm. but i prioritize those things because i have identified them through connecting with my own personal voice Mm -hmm. and it really is the act of creating a life I love that might not look like anybody else's and that's fine.
1: And that's another thing too. Sometimes I compare what is making me happy to other people and that just doesn't serve anyone. Like, I'm like, why does, why do I like this sometimes? I'm like, why does it matter? (laughs) Why does it matter? But it's so true. Like, life, we make it so serious sometimes and like real realistically, it's just meant to be lived in joy and lived in you know there will be challenges that will help us grow we're meant to expand too but what is one thing right now that is making you specifically right now super joyful
2: the massive yucca tree in my backyard that i'm looking at right now i mean i it is so magnificent and incredible and i feel so lucky to live in this tiny little bungalow with a big badass tree Mm. (laughs) it just never it just never fails to bring me happiness you know I I am from the east village of Manhattan Mm. I didn't even have a fire escape you know and so (laughs) like I remember longing for a fire escape where I could grow a tomato plant yeah Mm. and um and I'm walking distance from the beach and you know the beach in Venice is is, it's definitely an urban beach but it's, still, it's still a beach and I try to avail myself of it as much as possible and um it's it's for me those kinds of things light me up bring me pleasure and um they don't cost very much right mm-hmm. I'm not talking about going to Barney's I'm not talking about uh, you know getting on a plane and flying to Maria mm-hmm. I'm talking about what's in my backyard and walking distance
1: yeah Oh, I love that. The simple pleasures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the true story. Pleasures. Um, one question before we get to the quote and start to wrap up that I have for you is, which Oswald journal right now is your favorite? And what is your favorite writing utensil at the moment?
2: Or for <laughs> all time? Question. <laughs> what a great question. So right now, um, I'm I cycle through the different journals. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm super into the green covers that mm-hmm. have... Um, a rainy palm print on one side and um, a fern print on the other, because um, I've just, I've been doing a whole bunch of geeky research on um, the power of spending time outdoors and why it feels so good. And, um, and also, you know, when you think about it, like why I'm so creatively inspired after and or during time outdoors, when you think about it, right. Both of the times that I mentioned where I came up with the idea for All Swell, I was journaling outdoors mm-hmm. and for me, there is, there is a real interaction and I'm big curious about that, why it feels so good and why it soaks my creativity. So, um, I've been, um, reading Florence Williams book, um, the nature effect and, uh, oh no, pardon me, the nature fix. And she also has an an excellent audio book called, um, the three day effect I recommend both of them. So I've been super drawn to the the tree-oriented journal these days. Mm -hmm. And um, I really love just like a humble Bic pen. Mm -hmm. Just the flow of a simple Bic pen in black Mm -hmm. ink. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been looking around for more um, sustainable solutions and um, there aren't a lot of really good ones, (laughs) Um, but I'm still on the lookout And, um, and yeah, I mean, just, just those two things, um, usually are with me pretty much wherever I go.
1: Mm, I carry my all swell journal with me as well, everywhere I go. And my favorite right now is the blue one with the ocean waves on it because I'm from Boston, but I'm now in Colorado. So I miss the ocean for sure. So every time I see it, I'm like, Oh, my heart. And I also, a good old big pen. Right now I'm using red. I don't know what about it, but it's spunky.
2: And I'm really, I'm really liking it. <laughs> I love that you're doing that. I think it's fantastic. You know, Jonathan Safran Foer, who, um, who wrote Everything is Illuminated and is, you know, an incredible writer. Before he was like a, a celebrated wunderkind of the literary world and just an aspiring writer, he wrote to a whole bunch of Um, writers that he respected that were alive and, um, and, you know, very well regarded um, to send him back one sheet of blank paper, whatever it is that they used in their writing practice. And um, what came back was like such a, a diverse array you know some people use um, legal size pads some people used um, you know different kinds of shades of white and different sizes and some were typewriter paper and some were you know more like long handwriting paper and what he did is he framed each one with a plaque blank with a plaque of the name of the writer underneath it and put them all up in one big gallery wall and I think that's so incredible because <laughs> when you think about like the the diversity of of materials, whatever speaks to you. Like I said, I would love it if you used an all small notebook, but whatever tools are, are the ones that inspire you to put pen to paper. That's what I want you to use.
1: Mm, Yeah. I, that must be so interesting. Like I always listen to Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer talking and like they had a conversation once and Eckhart Tolle uses like the classic, the legal notepad, like you said, and just writes all of his books by hand on these big yellow <laughs> notebook pads. And I'm like, that is so funny. Just that like- is <laughs> astounding. <laughs> Isn't
2: that amazing? Like <laughs> the <laughs> power of now on a just legal, legal, pad- pad- legal. <laughs> <page. laughs> It oh, that's so a happy. nugget I will take with me. Thank you, Casey. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Laura. So, before
1: we finalize and wrap up and everything, I do want to ask you if you have a favorite quote at the moment that you would like to share with everyone that has just been resonating with you.
2: Yeah, my favorite quote that I come back to over and over again is from Hafez, and it is. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you living in better conditions. That almost just made me cry. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah. Wow. The, like, just, you know, fear is understandable, Mm -hmm. but don't let it govern you Mm -hmm. because there are so many other riches available.
0: Oh, thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. I have like the feels
1: right now. This was just, this was just absolutely amazing. And for anyone who is interested in finding out about Allswell and more about you, where can they head to? Oh, um,
2: well, if they want to learn more about me, I don't, I don't know. But if they want to learn more about Allswell, <laughs> um, definitely join our our newsletter list so that you get. Um, offers and updates regarding the workshops and also we send out a bunch of journaling prompts and tips and um, you can do that at our website and that is allswellcreative.com and um, come along on a social journey with us Um, you can follow Creative on instagram and also if you want to follow me um, i'm at laura l rubin r-u-b-i-n
1: Awesome. And those will all be in the show notes for everyone listening. So thank you everyone who tuned in and Laura, thank you so much, so much for such an amazing episode and
2: for all of your wisdom and insight. I really appreciate it. It's my genuine pleasure. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you soon, Casey. Goodbye, everyone.
0: And there it is, my episode with Laura Rubin. Laura, again, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and your humor. It was such a pleasure having you on. And I had the pleasure of actually getting to talk to you twice. So (laughs) I'm secretly grateful for the audio mishap. And for everyone listening, like I said, all of the information for Laura as well as All Swell will be in the show notes if you'd like to get yourself a journal in which you can not only write but also draw. It just really leaves your creativity up to you which I absolutely love. And as for me, I will be recording a solo episode soon to fill you guys in on what's going on with my life, but I've been just kind of taking a spiritual hiatus, I think. But I've also been learning a lot about ego discipline, which I think will be the next episode. But... Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can find me on Instagram as well at Casey underscore Edward or head to my website, CaseyEdward.com and sending all of the gratitude and love from the Colorado mountains. Namaste.